Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome or welcome back to the Whitfield Report. I am the aforementioned Whitfield of the Whitfield Report, Sam Whitfield, recording here at NGC Studios here in Southern Florida. And I want to thank you for joining me either on YouTube, where you're watching the video version of the podcast, or over on TapeRite, where you might be hearing the audio version of this podcast. And whichever one you've chosen, I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join me. I'm recording this on a Tuesday night, uh, but by the time you hear this, it will probably be Wednesday, it could be Thursday, who knows? Some of you guys, I know you guys wait until the weekend to listen to this podcast. So who knows? It could be a couple uh, days before you hear this. But uh, anyway, I want to thank you so much for joining me once again. And I apologize for not putting an episode up in a while. I know it's been a few weeks. Um, The week before last, I was on spring break from college, and I 
kind of decided to take a hiatus from the podcast and politics in general and just kind of uh, catch up with everything, um, just get some good R&R time in, uh, clear out the Netflix queue and watch some movies and all that good stuff. And then the week after that, um, this previous week, I was getting back into the swing of school and, uh, you know, all that happy jazz. So, yes, I do know that there that there's a whole big thing with uh, Trump care going on. I did write an article about Trump care and the pre-existing conditions uh, about two weeks ago on American Watchmen. That's about all I did in terms of politics over my spring break. And I will talk about the healthcare situation in a future episode. Um, I was going to do it with this episode, but we have so much to cover with um, our main topic today or tonight or whenever you're listening to this that I just don't think we would really have time to fit in healthcare along with this topic. So I will be covering healthcare in another podcast in the near future. Don't worry. And um, I'll also be covering the Supreme Court nomination of Neil uh, Gersh, which, which occurred today. I'll be covering that in a podcast, hopefully later this week, uh, that I record. Uh, but for right now, I do want to focus on uh, one main topic, which I've gotten very dressed up uh, to talk to you about since it is the return of my podcast from hiatus. That's one of the reasons why I decided to dress up today. The other reason was, nah, I just kind of decided to dress up. I'm like Joshua Johnson, uh, one of my fellow editors at American Watchmen in that way. So I hope you guys are enjoying uh, seeing my uh, red power tie today. But uh, anyway, with all that out of the way, let's jump into the topic of the podcast, and that is the controversy surrounding Tommy Loren and her uh, dismissal from the blaze. Now, for those of you who don't know who Tommy Loren is, and I'm assuming that if you don't know who, who Tommy Loren is, you're probably either not very up on politics, um, or you may be one of our uh, listeners from Europe where uh, Tommy isn't as widely known, and U.S. political media figures aren't that big of a deal. But just to kind of give you a recap, uh, Tommy Loren, uh, up until yesterday, Monday, was the host of her own um, internet TV show uh, on The Blaze, which is an internet media company run by uh, Glenn Beck, who is another 
uh, quote-unquote conservative voice. I say uh, quote-unquote because there are some things about Glenn Beck that I do have issues with. I'm not going to get them in this podcast. I've talked about them before. But she used to work for uh, Glenn Beck until today. And she she's 24. Um, she's absolutely gorgeous as far as her physical appearance uh, goes. And she's sparked a lot of controversy uh, both... In the past, with some of her statements uh, regarding uh, Colin Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter. And uh, most recently, she's caught some flack from her own side in the conservative movement, which is why she got dismissed from The Blaze yesterday. So... To give you guys a recap of what happened uh, to get her dismissed from the blaze, basically she went on The View, which is a daytime talk show here in the U.S., and she basically uh, said that she is pro-choice as opposed to strictly pro-life on the issue of abortion and uh, women's reproductive rights. And that's a big, big uh, hot topic here in America for um, both Republicans and Democrats. But I think conservatives, um, if we're being honest, do tend to focus a little bit more on that. Um sometimes for the better or sometimes for the worse. And she said that she's pro-choice. And that in and of itself, well, it kind of ticked some people off. I I don't think that's what really upset so many conservatives as much as the fact that she pretty much um, called pro-life conservatives hypocritical um, because she believes that the government shouldn't be um, involved in women's reproductive rights and she implied that uh, pro-lifers do want the government involved in women's bodies and she kind of, in my opinion, oversimplified uh, their viewpoints and then called them uh, hypocrites because of that. Um, I think she's wrong on that, and I'll, I'll I'll get into the whole controversy kind of what I think here in a bit. But uh, long story short, that's kind of what happened on the View. She caught a lot of flack uh, because of the kind of pro life slash. Uh, pro-life movement bashing rhetoric that she uh, made on The View, and she was dismissed from The Blaze, long story short, uh, today. Now, let me say this, and I, I actually wrote an entire piece up at American Watchmen on my view on 
uh, Tommy Loren as a whole uh, that got published uh, today, today being Tuesday when I'm recording this. Um, so, I mean, I've already written a full column about this, but the show is kind of a uh, oral recap of my uh, column. And long story short, is there are a couple of ways to view what Tommy said. Well, and even beyond that, let me just come out and say this. I myself am pro-life. And I don't necessarily condone what Tommy Loren said about the pro-life movement. I think she was wrong to label them as hypocrites and as an entire movement. I don't think that was the right terminology that she should have used because, honestly, I don't think she necessarily understands the pro-life viewpoint. And that is a valid criticism that uh, many people have brought against her in relation to this whole controversy. And I, I would agree with them. I think that she doesn't fully understand the, the pro-life movement. Uh, and I think it's kind of an oversimplification just to call them all Hypocrites. Uh, by the same token, I think that there are many uh, pro-lifers out there who, rather than trying to start a dialogue with Tommy Loren and kind of educate her f or fill her in um, on what's going on, they kind of just want to act insulted and throw her under the bus and excommunicate her from all of conservatism. Um, and that's something that the left tends to do, uh, the hard core left, that is, more often than not. And that's kind of where her hardcore pr proponents, what, what they're arguing is happening, and I, I do kind of agree with them on, on that, um, too. Basically, when, when it comes to this whole controversy, I think both sides kind of have a valid, uh, valid gripes with each other, and, uh, you know, Tommy's just kind of in the middle of it all, and then... Uh, as I wrote in my column on American Watchmen, uh, as far as my uh, position on Tommy goes, I really, um, when it comes to Tommy herself, I wouldn't really say I'm a fan of hers, and I wouldn't really say that I'm opposed to her either. I'm kind of in the middle, actually. Um... Compar comparatively, I don't know a lot about her background. Uh, I know that she was at 
One America News Network, which is another uh, conservative organization before joining the Blaze, and that's where she kind of got her start. Uh, Glenn Beck's Network of the Blaze obviously launched her into the into the big time, uh, more or less, and really made her a household name as far as uh, the conservative community goes. Um, but other, other than that, then that, um, I don't really have any strong positions on her at, as a host. I'm I'm not a fan of hers, and I'm not diametrically opposed to her. And, and I, I repeat that again because um, I've, when talking about Tommy before in the past, I've had people from both sides Whenever I praise uh, something that Tommy has said, uh, there are always those who oppose who, her who are saying that I'm a Tommy fanboy and um, that I'm just trying to get in her pants or that I'm just trying to sleep with her and that, uh, you know, she's horrible and that I'm just, you know... I'm just one of her diehard fans, which isn't true. And then whenever I criticize her, uh, I'm I get bashed by uh, the Tommy fan, mostly fan girls, but also some fan boys out there who are just saying that I'm jealous because uh, Tommy is a successful woman who has a much uh, more broad reach than I do and. You know, somehow I'm I'm just jealous of her, and uh, you know, neither of those extremes are are really the case. Uh, when it when it comes to her, I, I'm like I said, I, I'm neutral. I'm not really a fan of her hers like I am with someone like Rush Limbaugh or Steven Crowder, uh, but I don't hate her either. Uh, so. Which puts me in a very uh, interesting position to comment on this whole thing, because here's where here's where I stand on the whole uh, issue of what Tommy said about the pro life movement. Um, most of you who have listened to my podcast over the years, or watched, or really read anything I've said. Um, in the long term, I myself am very pro-life, okay? I do believe that the unborn should have, have rights. I do believe it's a person um, other than just a mass of cells. Um, I think that, you know, I think the dehumanization of being pregnant by pro-choice advocates I think that's kind of absurd just to say that it's a mass of cells. Um, I'm very pro-life. Um, at the same time, I also recognize that abortion is probably not going to be illegalized uh, completely. And I, I think um, that abortion should never happen. But if it does happen, it should be extremely rare and infrequent. 
that doesn't make me pro-choice necessarily. Um, I'm not as much of my idealist as some pro-lifers. Uh, maybe I think just being pragmatic, that's where the state of abortion should be. I think they should be as rare as possible. And that's kind of where I stand. Um, and I, I've said that for a number of years, so this is nothing new. Um, also, as someone who has a physical disability myself, I'm in a wheelchair. Um, I do find it incredibly tragic that a large number of uh, babies who are aborted have Down syndrome or uh, some other uh, disability that has been, you know, detected before birth and therefore they get terminated. I think that's incredibly sad. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I think I've established that I'm pro-life and... No, I don't condone what Tommy Loren said um, about the pro-life movement being hypocrites. And that is a criticism I have of her. Um, However, I don't think she really, like I said, I don't think she really understands the pro-life argument as much as some others do. So I think rather than throw her out of the conservative movement entirely, I think that conservatives and pro-lifers, and especially pro-life women, should try to start a dialogue with her to maybe inform her or persuade her um towards taking a taking a more pro-life stance uh, than maybe she has right now. And she's also said that she's pro-life in her uh, personal life. But again, I just think it would be more effective for pro-lifers to start a dialogue with her rather than try and say that we should kick her out entirely because... I don't think that really solves anything for her. And I think it could not only be a learning experience for her, but I think for her fans as well. So that's where I kind of see her um, going on this issue now. Um, With that being said, I I don't think we should throw her um off the you know off the conservative ship per se um however i don't think we should necessarily save her either i think a large part portion of this is a mess of her own making um and well i don't think we should necessarily kick her off i don't necessarily think that we need to throw her, uh that many lifelines i think um I think she'll recover. Um, I don't think that this will be the end of her, like some are saying. Um, but if it is, it is. Again, that's just me being uh, neutral on this. Um, and believe me, this isn't the only controversy that she's had in the, 
there are other things about her that I really do not like. Um, most notably, the fact that I think she is uh, a terrible debater. And I say this as someone who... Um, I'm not that great of a debater myself. I uh, took speech and debate for one year in high school. And um, I couldn't really get into any of the formal speech and debate styles, I kind of ha have my own, and, uh, you know, so I'm not, like, a professional uh, orator in terms of debate style, um, however, I think I can ho hold my own uh, pretty well in a more uh, casual setting. Um, with that being said... Tommy, I, I think, does have a huge problem with debate. And one of those big problems is that she contradicts herself a lot. And when I mean a lot, she'll, she'll contradict herself in the exact uh, same conversation. A perfect example of this, and one I cited in my American Watchmen article, um was when she went on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah and pretty much uh, bombed and bombed hard. And I said this at the time that this debate happened, and this was where I got in trouble with uh, Tommy's uh, fans. I said that uh, Tommy really botched the debate uh, that Trevor Noah, in my mind, isn't really much of a debater himself or much of an intellectual heavyweight. I think I'm a little bit more of a political intellect than he is, and that I could have taken him on easier than she did. And, and the problem with her, like I said, she contradicted her, herself multiple times. Most notably, um, she said that as a millennial conservative, she doesn't really believe in labels. All that much. She doesn't believe that millennials like being uh, specified or labeled, um, and that that's the way the new generation of uh, conservative kind of feels. And that bugs me in in of in a, of itself and I, I won't go into it in detail but long story short uh labels contrary to what the new age millennial thought is labels are just like an everyday part of, of our life they're not necessarily inherently bad um or inherently evil they're not necessarily good either labels are just labels and they and they'll always be there um, so, I mean, I think this whole kind of new, um, age, you know, we want to get rid of all labels. I think that's stupid and it didn't serve her well. Um, especially because she said that she said that she doesn't believe in labels and then she immediately turned around five seconds later and pretty much called uh, Black Lives Matter a hate group. 
which the evidence, you know, that she provided was pretty um, accurate, accurate that there are lots of riots, you know, in the streets where Black Lives Matter is involved and that there are a lot of, and there's a lot of anti-cop sentiment that, uh, you know, that is borderline violence. Um, but, you know, again, people locked in on the fact that she, you know, was hypocritical with saying that she doesn't like labels and then, you know, labeled Black Lives Matter. And that, I think that really destroyed her, um, whole entire, you know, credibility as a debater. And she did not do well. And like I said, her her fans were mad at me for pointing that out. So, you know, I'm in, I'm in deep crap with them. Um, by the same token, uh, Tommy was also a uh, Trump supporter, very uh, vocal. And so the Never Trump movement uh, pretty much... Uh, Redstate.com put a, a rather, in my opinion, nasty article uh, about her, uh, pretty much saying that she's an airhead and that she's uneducated, which I have friends who think that too, and that's fine. That's their opinion. But they were basically trying to, to paint Tommy as an airhead uh, because she was a, a Trump supporter. And, uh, they, you know, they've kind of tried to do that with, with all of the Trump supporters Red State has because they're never Trump. Same with uh, National Review and whatnot. And that excuse just isn't going to fly. Um, and Tommy brought up some good reasons for voting for Trump during the election. And so, I, you know, I defend Tommy and... I got, you know, flack from those who oppose Tommy, you know, and then like I just mentioned, then I criticized Tommy and I, I got, you know, criticized by her opposers yet cheer, cheered by her fans, you know, so that's kind of put me in a weird position because, you know, like I said, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really in a place where... I can really claim to be a big Tommy Loren fan, but I'm not really a hater either. Um, I think, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see where she ends up. I wish her the best of luck, but uh, I don't think we need to necessarily bail her out either. So uh, that's my whole take on uh, Tommy Loren. There are a couple other things I mentioned in the American Watchman article, which I do recommend that you go uh, read. And um, one other thing, too, that I will mention, I think that because I'm neutral on the whole Tommy Loren situation and because I don't know a lot about her, I do think, and I honestly would like the chance uh, to interview her. I think I could ask some really good questions of her and have a conversation with her. 
without having any kind of preconceived notions um, because of my neutrality. But, uh, you know, I think at this point, at least that, that's more wishful thinking than not. But um, with that being said, those are my overall thoughts on the Tommy Lorenz situation. And, you know, w- with that, that just about does it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, I will be back later this week to talk about uh, Trump Care as well as the Gersh or Gorshach. Uh, nomination for Supreme Court, um, and we'll talk about some other random topics as well, including a new arts and entertainment section that I have uh, coming up for the show. So, whenever folks, I want to thank you for watching and or listening to the show, and wherever you are, and from all of American Watchmen. Have a uh, good day or a good evening wherever you are. God bless and God save this great nation. Thank you for tuning in to the Whitfield Report. I'm Sam Whitfield.